Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta, and we're here with another Blue Jay, his former University of Maryland infielder and current Toronto Blue Jay, Kevin Smith. What is up, Kevin? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited, man. Let's get this thing rolling. No, the thing is, I was fired up to have you on, and the first glimpse that I actually got of you is on Twitter in, uh, I believe it was spring training, you threw two guys out at home at the same time, which is bananas just in itself. <laughs> so so let's talk about that play for a second before we go into your, your, your growing up and all that stuff in New York. What was running through your head when you throw the ball to home and there's two guys getting caught up at home plate and you get two outs out of one? What is that even called in the first place? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what that's called. I don't, I don't know if I've seen it happen in a game that I've been playing in, but... I think the first thing that was going through my head was, shit, I haven't thrown a ball as hard as I can in about six hours. Because uh, it was, I think it was the eighth inning. Uh, I was there as a backup, actually. So I didn't get in until, like, the fourth or fifth. And, you know, you're just sitting on the bench, and then all of a sudden it's in spring training, you're just like, hey, man, go ahead, go, go, go get some innings in. So we just run out there, make a few throws at first, and then let it rip. So I think when the ball was coming to me, I was like, I'm not really sure where this is going to go. I haven't really thrown a ball in a few hours. So, um but then it ended up, you know, sure hopping Pat and, and, and Kentwell actually made a great pick, which he made it look super easy on the on the replay. But any catcher will know that when you get a sure hop like that from that far away, it's it's tough to judge. And he picked it so clean and actually ended up making the play and made us look way better than we should have been. So um, props to props to Cantwell back there. And and I think he just went in the inning before too, so he was probably still rattled and in cold in his own right. So um, the whole play was just kind of bizarre, and then it kind of blew up on Twitter and, and Instagram, and I had people sending it to me, which was cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think you, I think you should just make up a name for that. I don't think they have an official name for two guys getting thrown out on the same play. Honestly, I, we're just gonna we're just gonna have to call it. We're gonna have to name it after you, man. We're gonna call it the Kevin Smith. Is that cool? There we go. Let's, yeah, <laughs> let's get that. Let's get that flowing. Let's, let's get sure. that running here. It won't. It won't be. It won't be happening every game, so we won't get much pub, but from it. But it'll happen what once or twice every every five years, so we'll get it. Oh, exactly. And I want to talk about your name, Kevin Smith. It. Do you think that you have the most generic name in Major League history? I wanted to bring that up before I forgot. Do you think you do? There's got to be a. I think there's a Joe Smith on the Astros. That's got to oh, be right. a little bit more. You're right. Um, former, former Blue Jack. Yeah, there's got to be some John Smiths out there. I, I got to be pretty close. No one knows my real name yet, so I've been keeping it under wraps. But, um, yeah, I mean, growing up, I've always known at least one or two other guys. There's a guy in the Mets that I've faced, I think, three or four times now um, named Kevin Smith, so that's always fun. He's a pitcher, so uh, whenever I face him, all the all the broadcasters get a good joke in. But I'm sure I'll face one or two more throughout my career as well. Oh, you definitely will. And I think I've met a couple Kevin Smiths in my life, but that's besides the fact. But I wanted to start another narrative for you, okay? You know what's you, funny about that? I get, I get, I get about five to ten messages a month in my on my Twitter of people roasting me because something <laughs> Kevin Smith, the director, did. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I'll get I'll get messages and they'll just be roasting me over something. They'll send me a tweet from his account, which I don't even know how that happens. Just roasting me on something that he said. Some movie he did that they didn't like. I it's it's ridiculous. I don't I don't respond to them, but they're always funny when I, when I get them. Dude, I feel like that would be like a viral Twitter moment. Like you just post a DM, and be like, I had no idea I directed this movie. I must have just been <laughs> in outer space when I recorded this because I had no Dude, idea. I, thank you for the criticism. I've, I've thought about doing it. The problem is, you you most of the twitters are like fake names with 
with some like cartoon profile picture so you never know who it is or how they're going to take it oh exactly exactly and like i was saying earlier i wanted to start the narrative here that you are the greatest player in major league history with the with a generic name we're just going to start okay. that right now you're the great i don't know let me let me create the synonym here gpwgn m lbh i honestly someone write that down somewhere because i'm not going to remember that whole si- i don't Dude, know if that's, that's an called. easy one that'll blow up quick that is easy one. And just like I said, we had Jesse Winker, and he's the greatest sandwich pick of all time because he got drafted between the first and second round. And you're right now, you're putting in the officially unofficial history books. You're the greatest player with, with the genetic name in Major League Baseball history. So easy to remember, easy name, come, rolls right off the tongue, easy for fans to remember. See, I like that. I never I never thought about it that way before, but it's definitely something that we got to kind of grow here as we keep going. I think, gotta, I think it could stick. got to make t-shirts. I think it could stick because honestly, there's not many guys that can even. I, I'm even competing with at this point. You know, you only got you only got to beat out a few guys. Exactly. No. Exactly. And let's go into it. Was there? A, you grew up. You're born in New York, which is close to where I live, so it's a really close home. I have a lot of family there. Um, talk about the baseball. What it was like down there because you're similar to what it's like here, man. I mean, you're not playing all year round. It's like four months out of the year, four slash five months out of the year. You're actually on a baseball field. So how difficult was that for you to kind of train and turn into the dog that you are now on the baseball field? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I didn't play too much, too much baseball. Um, it's not like guys in Florida and Georgia that are playing year-round, like you said. So um, for me, it was more just playing a lot of basketball and football. Um, we play, you know, we play football in the backyard. But as far as, like, organized baseball games, there weren't, there weren't many of them. I played Little League growing up. Um, I probably played more basketball and football growing up just with the kids in, in my neighborhood. Um, and then obviously as we got into high school, we started playing a little bit more. And I, I would say it wasn't until about my sophomore year where we really got into like months on end of baseball, because like you said, it's tough, man. Like you can, you can play in April, but you're going to be in your snow pants and then you're playing, you're trying to play to Halloween and then, you know, you, you can't fit your hands out there. So um, you try to take advantage of like three or four months that you can and then play as much as you can. Exactly, exactly. And and did you play, because you, you obviously had to play travel ball, did you play any Canadian teams growing up? Yeah, we would play. So I played for the South Troy Dodgers. I'm not sure if, if you know of them. Um, but we played the Ontario Blue Jays all the time. They would always come down. Um, they would play in a regional. We played in ABC, which is just like a league that we would uh, try to make it to the World Series. And the World Series was in New Mexico. But um, they would come down and play in a regional I think almost every year. So I played against the Ontario Blue Jays since I was, I think, like 14 years old. I mean, they had like Josh Naylor, um, his brother was on that team. They had a few other draft picks, I think, come through there that that are now in the bigs. Um, so that was always fun. I mean, Manny Machado would come up and play for the Florida Marlins. So um, Ontario always had a few dogs, though. They're, they're sneaky yeah. with, with with players up there. Yeah, no, exactly. Like the Ontario Blue Jays are like I they used to be in my league. So I probably played the exact same teams that you did. Okay. So I yeah. used to play like, yeah, I, I actually played when they were uh, when I was like, younger. Uh, but okay. yeah, dude, it's just like it's honestly Canada's pretty underrated for baseball, man. If you think about it, because that Ontario Blue Jays team, I believe our 18 new year when I was playing them, they had like seven kids drafted. Which is like yeah. insane for like for Canadian like even for a Canadian team seven kids drafted is bananas. You you commit to Maryland out of high school. Um, what were the other schools that were looking at you? And please God say Michigan. I just want to put on the record this is a pro this is a Michigan podcast. I guess <laughs> not really because the University of Michigan has not reached reached out to me about throwing out the first pitch since we got lugs on. So they're on the fence. Okay. We'll talk about that after you answer this question. So what made you go to Maryland? Um. 
so I was I was a small kid growing up. I didn't really have many offers anywhere. Um, my sophomore year was kind of when I started getting looks. Um, the summer of my sophomore year. So really the, the fall of my junior year, I started getting some looks just from local colleges like Siena, you probably heard of, um, Fordham's in New York City. Um, I went down to St. John's. They didn't offer me, but but they were interested in the next few months. So that was really it um, for me. And then obviously junior year in high school, I'd play the Dodgers and we would go to some showcases and Maryland saw me. And it's a funny story because uh, Stanford and Wake Forest were actually my two my two schools I wanted to go to, like my dream schools. And uh, Wake had seen me and they invited me down to a camp. So like say say the camp was in like three weeks. I think Maryland had a camp in two weeks. So I told my dad I wanted to go to Maryland just to try it out and, and see what a camp was like so I could be prepared for Wake Forest. And uh, I actually went there, loved it. Um, the head coach for Maryland was supposed to be recruiting somewhere. And his, his flight actually got delayed or something. So he ended up not going. He stayed back to the camp. And he actually saw me end up offering me on the spot um and then the next weekend I went down to wake which I was stoked about got there and just didn't really like it like I didn't vibe with with the kids there it wasn't really in my atmosphere um and I actually ended up committing to Maryland while I was at that camp so I was at the camp committed and then just started driving home stopped by Maryland one last time saw the coach and then uh went back to went back to New York uh committed to a D1 college and I haven't I didn't even play a varsity game yet so uh definitely a weird story so you were the big kid around the school, man. I mean, you people, you were walking around maybe in that Maryland Nike, uh, what's it called, the rain rain jacket. You're walking around little Under Armour. Under Armour. Kevin Plank could get mad at me. Okay, Under Armour. Sorry, we're actually, yeah. and believe it or not, we're actually an Under Armour podcast. We're just gonna pretend okay. we're sponsored. We're, we're we're just gonna pretend we're sponsored by Under Armour. We're an Under Armour go. podcast. Um, yeah, and, and I wanted to go into what I said about the Big Ten thing. I'm actually a Big Ten free agent of a fan. I used to claim University of Michigan, but I only claim them for football now and hockey. Okay. Uh, the reason why is because I Lugs and I were working out something here where I could maybe throw out the first pitch on Michigan. They didn't even acknowledge me on Twitter. So that so therefore University of Michigan baseball is dead to me. Um, and then Purdue didn't recognize me. And then actually University of Minnesota did recognize me on Twitter. They actually tweeted about the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So Minnesota is kind of on the fence about being the the podcast the podcast team. But I'm gonna give you a shot with Maryland, man. If you can reach out to people at Maryland, honestly, I don't even need the first pitch because we're in quarantine. University of Maryland, if you're listening to this. Just send me a sweater. That's all I'm asking for. Send me a sweater. I'll wear it every podcast. I'll be a pro Maryland podcast just for Kevin here. So let's get that done, Kevin. Let's figure that out. I gotta. I'll get you something, man. I know those guys are awesome down there. So I'll get. I'll either get some on the podcast for you, chop it up. We'll get you some gear or something. We'll get you some turp gear, and uh, you just gotta do some. You just gotta do some week recaps when uh, when the season gets back going on how how my turps are doing. Oh my god, dude! Don't even have to worry about that. When the University of Maryland when baseball gets back, we are a weekly report of Maryland report. We're gonna maybe get you some guys chopping it up on the podcast for like ten there minutes. A 10-minute segment just talking about why Maryland's the greatest baseball program in the nation. But that, like I said, but like I said, they have to they have to do one of these things. I mean, a hoodie, maybe something, maybe a t-shirt, maybe a, a I don't know. Just figure it out, Maryland. And then this is the pro-Maryland podcast. The University of Michigan stuff is getting thrown in the backyard, maybe burned. I don't know. We'll figure it out from there. I don't know. But yeah, um, we got we 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 don't like Michigan guys where we're from. So I mean when you put that when you put that out there that you're starting to, to lean pro Michigan. I think it's going to turn some heads on Maryland. So, um, and I know they're not showing you love right now, so I don't want, I don't want you going back on your word. If, if guys start hopping on here quick. 
No, I'm telling you right now, if Maryland equipment staff, you're probably going to listen to this because Kevin's going to be pumping the tires of the podcast here. We, if you send me just a simple sweater, maybe a large, I don't know, that might be my size. I don't know. I will be pro Maryland, everything Maryland on this podcast, and then we'll talk about it. We'll talk about, we'll do, and we'll also update the fans on Kevin Smith's stats every week. Maryland and Kevin Smith. That's the two things, the two bugaboos they're going to be doing on the podcast. We're going to be everything Maryland here. Hey, I'm sure, I'm sure we got some younger guys listening. So, so anyone looking to go to a college, I know they're getting a brand new indoor facility in the next few years. So um, be on the lookout for that. It's going to be one of the best in the country. And uh, I know I know Lugs is going to hate hate that this becomes a, a Maryland podcast. So I'm just doing it in spite of him. Shout out Drew Lugbar, by the way. But besides the yeah, fact, shout him out. Lugs, Lugs, we lo- Lugs, we love you, man. But just like I said, Michigan, I mean, I gave them the opportunity. The, the ball was in their court. What do they do with the ball? They put a knife into the ball and took the arrow. And now I'm a pro Maryland guy. Are you, can, you, you should be a salesman, Kevin, because I'm so sold right now in the University of Maryland. And they haven't there even done go. anything. They haven't even done anything for me. So that, I mean, I mean so hey, Michigan, that, that's Michigan is a, they are, they are a, uh, I think they're a Jordan brand team now, which, which is awesome. Um, but like I said, I mean, if they're a Jordan brand and you're not getting any gear, that doesn't help you out much. You know, I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather get you some, some UA gear in hand, maybe some 2022 stuff that you could, that you could rock. It's way better than not having any Jordan brand stuff, you know? Exactly. And I do have, I'll be honest with you for football. I might even have to lean Maryland also, but that's besides the fact you also mentioned here that they're that's getting it. a new that's facility. That's tough. That's tough. That, that, that takes a lot of courage right there to, to go Maryland for football. But, um, we're, we're on the up and up. I think we're, we're starting out the last two years real hot, getting everyone's hopes up and then kind of stalling out as we get to the middle of the year. But one of these years is just going to catch fire and keep going. So I don't, even if you want to be a bandwagon fan and wait for that year, that's fine. But I just, I just want to make sure that that when we do have that big year, we convert you. And if I'm a Maryland fan, and if I bandwagon, I'll have gear by the time they're good. It's game exactly. over. I'll be repping them all the time, and I'll be, be like, good. I've been a Maryland fan forever. And and the thing is that I wanted to say here about Maryland is, I should be on their recruiting staff. I should be the guy that's telling kids like, listen. I mean, I know Kevin Smith. He's one of my friends. You're a friend now, by the way. And he's just and he and look at him now. He's he's playing in spring training, launching balls, turning double plays at home on on a I, I don't even on the Kevin Smith play. I guess we'll call it like I said. So go to Maryland. And I'll show them a good time. I'll show the kids a good time at Maryland. You're you're a good PR man. I think I think we could definitely have something going here. Yeah, pro Maryland podcast. Everyone on the record. And I wanted to bring up, like you said, you said that Maryland's getting a new facility, all that kind of stuff. Does a little part of you? Is a little part of you like, why the hell couldn't this happen when I was there? I mean, I want to get the, I want to get the fruits of the loom here. I want the new facility. I want all that stuff. Well, I mean, we did, we did get some new stuff. Shout out to to John Chef too, who's he was our head coach. Um, he's at Virginia Tech now, actually. Um, I talked to him a bunch, but but shout out to him when he was recruiting me because actually I've heard stories of of him actually recruiting guys before me, promising this new facility, which still hasn't got there, but they've got. <laughs> They've gotten about thirty to forty top top recruits in there, uh, promising this facility. So props to him for keeping it going for so long. But I'm real happy that they're getting it now. We we actually got the new turf and the new outfield wall, and I think they upgraded the scoreboard when we were there. We got some new speakers in the in the building. Our locker room was upgraded, and Eric Millen threw in a lot of money. So, I mean, not that the facilities right now are lacking at all. I mean, they have a sweet locker room um, right next to the field. I know they might be upgrading that soon with there's a bunch of like soccer and lacrosse updates going on where they're going to get kicked out of the building so 
um, big things happening down there in College Park. And I know Matt Swope and, and Papio down there and, and Vaughn are doing a good job getting recruits in there. And they got a few few first, second, third rounders, like first day guys in the draft right now, which the draft's another story this year. But um, it's it's definitely on the up and up, man. I'm, I'm happy to see see what's going on down there. I'm going to be happy when they finally get facilities to match up to to some of the big dogs in college baseball, and it's going to be exciting. Yeah, no, I, like I said, muck Michigan. If kids listening, just spin the words, and you guys will get what that says there, right? Muck Michigan baseball. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say because they're dead to me. I want to talk about Maryland football. I have lost an uncomfortable amount of money on Maryland football. I don't know what it is. At the start of the year, like you said, they're literally the the Patriots that went undefeated, and then once the back half of the season goes, it's like they don't know how to play football anymore. You got to You got to bet early. You got to bet early. You got to bet when we play Townsend. You got to bet when we play Howard. I think they play them every year and they and they kill them. Um, but then, like I said, man, I don't I don't know what's going on down there. I mean, we had we had a few things happen, but I'm I'm excited about where it's heading. I just hope I just hope next year, uh, guys like yourself are a little bit smarter with uh with their money and and, and bet when they're and just look at the past records and when they're winning and when they're not. That's all. I respect that. And let's go into you getting drafted. You get drafted fourth round by my Toronto Blue Jays. I am going to call myself a minority owner in the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you get drafted by the, the greatest team in Canadian baseball history, we're going to call it also, the Toronto Blue Jays. What was that like for you getting drafted by a team that's kind of close to home for you, where you're not, where it's like a little bit more comfortable with the climate, all that kind of stuff? You know what's crazy? I mean, they're so close to me, like you said. I think they're five hours from my house. And you don't realize how cool, like, just the whole Toronto fan base is until you're actually, like, a part of it. You know, like, I mean, in Canada, I'm sure everyone knows just because it's, it's your team and the whole country's behind it. Um, but with it being so close, when I got drafted by them, I was a little shook because I was like, damn, this is sick. Like, Toronto's awesome. You have the whole country behind one team where, where here you have 29 teams in, in one country, so it's all split up. Um, but the fan base is sweet. Toronto's a sweet city. Like I've never been up there before, before I got drafted. Um, but it kind of shook me cause I was, I was super pumped once I started thinking about it and, and the, how many people reached out from Canada and, and how many fans we have up there is awesome. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like when we get going and, and we get good here and we got a lot of young guys that are going to come in and kind of turn around. I mean, just like in 2015, when it was, when it was packed in the Rogers center, like that atmosphere, you can't really find it anywhere else. And, and dude, I, I people are gonna call me biased for this, but you saw it. I pretty much firsthand here, man. Like, what when the Jays are good and the Jays are buzzing and they're like they're winning games, they're making the playoffs. There is no playoff atmosphere in baseball compared to the Toronto Blue, like the Rogers Center when it's the playoffs. It's bananas. No, and, man. I mean they're playing. They've been playing the uh, the replays on Sportsnet, and you just watch you just watch those games, and it, it gives you chills. I mean, even at even at Fan Fest, I think we had what like thirty forty thousand people there on the weekend. So, I mean, you can't find that anywhere else. I know other teams are doing it with a, with a couple thousand here and there, but I mean, when we go to Fan Fest, we're flying people all over the country, and they're still getting ten, twelve, thirteen thousand people to come out. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything like it. And I mean, when I'm a fan of a team, I want them to be good too. So, you know, you gotta you gotta win to get the excitement up, which I think everyone realizes, but. We're in a good spot right now. We have a lot of a lot of exciting young dudes that are coming up, and they're going to do big things, and it's going to be exciting to see kind of how the city rally behind that. And, yeah, it's just 
the thing that kind of sucks is, man, it's just we couldn't see them. Like, the season should be on right now. Like, let me give you, let me paint you a little picture here. I should be at the Rogers Center right now watching Bo just be silky smooth at short, Vladdy at third, looking thick, looking thick as ever, the thick god, and then Nate on the mound, front of the show, Nate just carving up major league hitters, putting them in his back pocket, and Kevin just absolutely mashing, just like he did in Lansing, which we're going to bring up. And I, sh- I would be blackout in the 500 levels, just cranking beers like it's my day job and t- taking the go train home. That's what I should be doing now. But instead, we're cooped up in our houses watching games from four years ago. It sucks. It honestly, this sucks. And I, I what is what does it feel like for you, man? Because you were getting some big league action in spring training. You were hitting you were hitting with the Jays and the big leagues. You're turning Kevin Smith plays at home. What was that like for you? And then just all of a sudden, the season is just you never know when it's going to start again. Dude, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, especially to go through the offseason. Um, obviously not having the year that I wanted to last year, learning a lot just about myself and in the game and, and going in the offseason and making a, making a ton of adjustments and feeling awesome going into spring training, having a good spring with the team. Um, the team was feeling it. I mean, Bo was looking really good. Body's looking good. Gritch was looking awesome. I mean, we just had tons of dudes that were, that were stroking the ball. Um, Shoemaker was looking unbelievable on the mound. Nate's obviously throwing 100, whatever. But, I mean, it was just looking like it was going to be a good year. And then kind of playing at the Pirates and getting told that this was our last game and everything else was canceled was was kind of weird. And then obviously getting shut down and coming back to Arizona, now it's just it's just weird because you don't even have a start date. Like, you're, you're not even in the offseason when you know, okay, I'm going to – I'm going down to, to Dunedin on, on the 10th or the, or the 11th and I can work up to it right now. It's just kind of, you're just kind of doing stuff and all right, we might start here. We might start there. We might not play. Like there's so many variables going into it and you just want to play. I mean, we spent four months training for, for the season and then obviously getting about three weeks of it down in spring training and feeling so good go, going into the season to get kind of shut down. It's just kind of like, damn, what do I, what do I do now? You know, I can't, I can't keep, keep going with, with uh, with my off season routine for, for six, seven, eight months, you gotta, you gotta get out there and you want to play. So we're definitely as, as bummed about it as the fans, if not more. Um, and I know just talking to guys around the league, like everyone's itching to get back out. It's just such a weird time right now. We don't really know when that'll be. And, and the thing is, how good did you feel in spring training? So I'm gonna give you the scale here. The scale goes from my Juco career where I hit 186 <laughs> to to the best to the best of your career so like that's a scale from one to ten so give me the range of how good you felt in the spring it really depends i mean for where for where i wanted to be man i was at like an eight or a nine um just as far as as, as as what i was feeling what i was working on the off season going in um and then kind of seeing it play out in spring training like it was it was a good feeling for sure um tough tough for the situation that we were in i mean your first few years in in big league camp you're kind of like the backup guy. You'll go in there for a few innings here and there and get in that bat or two a game. So stats are hard to look at. It kind of results are kind of thrown out the window. It just depends on how good you feel. Um, I was talking to my buddies. I think at Clearwater, I think my whole life, I'm about three for 30. Um, I played there I played there in college, and I think I went like one for 15 in a, in a series. We played like a bunch of teams down there in a, in a preseason like tournament. So to go there and, and to hit a homer, I think I had a sack fly too. I left the game and I texted my dad. I was like, that was the best day I've had there in my whole life. So uh, that was definitely good. That that park has been nothing but bad to me. So uh, to go there and get a knock felt great. 
No, yeah. So now you know what my career felt like, just the one for 15 <laughs> bandit. But we celebrate those one for 15 hits, man. I know for a fact you were celebrating that hit. You were fired off about that they one They feel for much better. <laughs> you, re- you really get to appreciate hits more when you're actually struggling your whole life. <laughs> exactly. So, like, exactly. You really, you really, really do. And who was that home runoff of? Because, like I said, Major League Baseball is a joke, and they don't want to televise all the spring training games and advertise their players, so we couldn't watch it. <laughs> so who was that home runoff of, and what was that like? I don't remember who it was off of. I know he was. I know he's a big leaguer, though. He's pretty. He's pretty nasty. Um, it was spring training, like I said. So you don't know if they're working on stuff, if they're working on pitch or what. Um, I think I had a runner on third, less than two outs, and he actually threw me two sliders to start the at bat, and they're both down the way. Um, so I saw. I was seeing him pretty good. So, so you know how it is when you're up. When you're up there, you just need to see one pitch good, and you got the confidence going, and you go, "All right, I can. I can hit this guy." So. Um, he actually ended up throwing a third straight one, um, which he was probably just working on his slider with, with the runners in scoring position. And uh, and he just hang it. He just hung in. Like if I didn't hit that, I wasn't gonna hit anything. I mean, that was picture perfect. So um, I'm happy I I'm happy I took advantage of it. Yeah, it's just like I love the humble brag he just threw in there. Yeah, I, I don't know who it was, but like he was a big leaguer. Like he probably played like five years, six years yeah. in the bigs. It was probably it was literally probably an ace for a team, and you just didn't even remember because you're just a humble, stay at home kind of guy. It's it's tough. It's tough when you're in those games in the late innings because they're bringing in different pitchers every inning, and you're rattled because you just went in the seventh and you haven't hit or thrown in in four or five four or five hours except in the cage. So. You're just in there. You're trying to get loose, and then you're just going up there and, and trying to compete with whoever's on the mound. So, um, I don't remember. I really don't remember the name of who it was. But um, what team? What was, team was it? It was the Phillies. We're gonna say it was Jake Arrieta. We're gonna say you hit that bomb off of Jake Arrieta. We're gonna start the narrative that every time Jake Arrieta's in the game, we got a pinch hit. We got a pinch hit Kevin in the game every time Jake Arrieta's on the bump. Yeah, he he started and then he came back in the eighth to throw uh, to throw a few more pitches, I guess. <laughs> I, I want to talk about your minor league career so far. And before I forget this, I always say before I forget because I Juco brain here, not the brightest. Can you had one specific year that I wanted to talk about before we talked about your whole career as a whole? Um, you absolutely, and I, like I said, these numbers are just I don't know if these are fabricated. You hit 350. Is that good? Is 355 good? It's double my average in Juco. So yeah, it's pretty good. Can we call you the king? Can we call you the king of Lansing? Technically, are you are you the king of Lansing? I don't think so. I think Bo hit over 400 the year before. So, um, and Vladdy might have hit like 380 and had a down year and in uh, Lansing. So, uh, quite a few dudes have have had some good years. I know Groshans had a, had a good year last year. Um, I think uh, I think Conine hit like 70 homers and 50 at bats or something there last year too. So, I think it's just I think it's just a hitter's park up there. Um, I think the only other spot that I hit better at was Hartford last year. But if I could just play at those two stadiums the rest of my life, I might have a shot. Yeah, like I'm looking at these numbers here and it's honestly crazy just seeing these kind of numbers in the minor leagues. Like it's like you look at Bo's numbers and Bo is just bananas. You look at I mean, you look at your numbers in Lansing, man, 355. Like what was going right that year for you? Because that year kind of put you on the map, man. And that year, the Toronto media is talking about you. They're fired up about you just like they were about Bo and Vladdy. And obviously not to that extent with their names and stuff. But yeah. that was the kind of year that was your coming out party, man, because that, that got you ranked and everything. So what was going right that year for you? That was a fun year, man. I mean, I just worked hard with uh, with Maddie Young, our hitting guy up there. We kind of clicked right off the bat. And then we had a solid team, and the energy around that team was 
was something we always talk about and, and we're always trying to replicate. I mean, we had just, just fun dudes up there, Casey Clemens and, and Chavez Young. And we had so many guys that just got, I mean, Brock Lundquist and, and Casey, I think, moved up within the month. So it was just fun to, to have so many good dudes up there. I mean, we had Zach Logue was, was throwing was throwing crazy, crazy games up there. And then Riley Adams obviously started in, in the Florida State League, so he, he wasn't catching. But um, we just had so many dudes that, that were having fun and, and just enjoying it. And we were, we were our first year out of college, so everyone was pumped to be a pro. And um, it was just a fun team to be around, easy to go to the park every day. And, and we were really good, which helped. I mean, we had hitters up in the lineup. So I think it was just – it was just fun to show up and you didn't want to be that one dude that didn't get two hits that day. Cause everyone was raking. Um, and we just kind of ran with it. I think we had a really good, like two months there of, of just like domination in that league. We had the, we had the best stats I think in all minor league baseball. So must've been something Matty Young was doing or, or something we were eating up there. I'm not sure, but uh, we're trying to find it again. That Matty Young guy better get the promo better, better get a promotion or something. Because just these, like, like you said, these kind of guys he's helping out and these guys he's, throwing out there in Lansing is just it's crazy this guy I, I, where was this guy in my career that's what I'm asking I'm asking <laughs> what's his name what, his name is Matty Young you said yeah man he played he played in the bigs with the Braves um he's a real cool dude though he just he just he just gets it and and uh he he everyone that goes to him somehow somehow turns to gold so I'm not sure what he does um or what he feeds us or slips us on our Gatorade but uh whatever whatever <laughs> Whatever it is, we don't question it. We just let him keep doing his thing. Matty Young, you you want to you want a task here? You want a, a a project? You 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 come to Milton, Ontario, and me and you work together. I'll give you a project. <laughs> you want to work with me? You want to make me? I have two years of eligibility left at D one. All right, Matty Young, get there me to a D one here. Let, let's get it going. I'm a little bit old, twenty three. Pretty sure this episode might drop on my birthday. I don't know. I honestly don't know, wow. but just pre-wish me a happy birthday. Well, happy I don't birthday know. I, it does. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I think it might drop on my birthday week, but whatever. We'll be in quarantine. And what a podcast season that'd be for you, huh? A little, doc, a little it documentary. Would, it would be electric. It's like I, I'm telling future me, Johnny, future Johnny Junta, please stop with the white claws. You're going to gain an uncomfortable amount of weight. Stop drinking white claws every day and playing Fortnite, future Johnny Junta. <laughs> That's my birthday gift to you. But I wanted to talk about the minor leagues, man. I mean, we usually have – we try to bring out a funny minor league story of the week. Do you have any stories of just fans being clowns or just weird shit that's happened in the minor leagues, weird hotels, bus rides, anything? We got so – I got so many, man. And I'm – I don't I don't remember all of them because I'm not – I usually don't have my phone out and, and document stuff like other guys do. So I'm sure a bunch of dudes that I play with would have like three, four, five, six just crazy stories that you wouldn't even believe. But – the one that I remember is actually our first our first day. So I got drafted in seven, yeah, seventeen, yeah, seventeen. Um, so we went down to Florida for a few days just to have a little mini camp and like meet the guys, and then and then you fly out to your affiliate. And so that that trip from Florida to our affiliate, if that if that was how the whole year was going to go, it was going to be a super long year that I don't think any of us <laughs> any of us were going to get through. I mean, so we woke up at, I think we woke up at like 4 a.m. because they always love to travel like early in the early in the morning. So we're up at like 4 a.m. getting our stuff ready. Like half the dudes haven't packed yet. We're straight out of college, just like shit shows. Don't We don't know what's going on. And um, we show up, we finally show up. I think one dude was late or missed the bus. And so he shows up to the airport late. So we, fi- we, we barely make our first flight. So we're going to Bluefield, Virginia, which is a huge city. Everyone knows about Bluefield, Virginia. Um, yeah. 
and uh, I think it has a population of like 500, maybe, maybe 600. But they're apparently their high school football is a big deal. They have like they have like 2,000 people come into the city for high school football, but we never saw that. So we're flying up there. We get in. I think we flew into Roanoke, Virginia, which is about like an hour flight out of Bluefield. Um, and we got we got in late for whatever reason. So we had about 10 minutes to make our connecting flight. So we're like running, we're running through the airport with, with our Toronto bags and everyone's looking at us like, what are you guys doing? And we get to the gate, I think 10 minutes before the plane, the plane takes off and the plane's gone. So we're, so, so we roll up and there's no plane. We think we're early. We think the plane's late, right? So we, we go up to the gate and they said, sorry, we took off like 10 minutes early. We thought we had everybody. And I mean, there's like 12, 13, I think there's 13, I think there's 13 of us just rolling up to this gate. So we're like, how? So you thought just 13 dudes weren't going to come? Like we didn't understand. And why, and, and how do you leave early on a flight? Like how, do, I've never heard about, I've never heard of that. You can't leave early. Like that's not a thing. So anyway, so, so this is our fifth, this is like our fifth or sixth day in the org. So I don't have any, I have, I have one number in my phone and it's, it's uh, Ben Sherrington. Who's like, who's the VP at the time. So I'm calling Ben Sherrington as 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 like three days into my into my pro career, calling him about a flight that we couldn't get on to get to our affiliate. So so I call him. He's he answers like what like why probably he's probably like why is this kid calling me right now? It's about it's probably like three in the afternoon or so. So it wasn't too late. Um, but anyway, he's like, all right, well, can you go to a desk like try to just change a flight? Um, I could go through our travel agent, but it's gonna take a while. We got to get you there ASAP. So. So we end up just going um, to a desk and, and obviously none of us have, have paid for this. It's the Blue Jays expense. So we don't have credit cards. We don't have authorization code. We don't have anything to, to change this flight. And uh, we show up, they're giving us a hard time. Like I have the VP of the Blue Jays on the phone trying to figure out how we're going to get to Bluefield. Um, we finally get it. We finally get it changed. The flight's like four hours later. So we're just hanging out for like four hours. He gives me, I finally get the trainer's name and, uh, in Bluefield, Caleb, I get his number so I can, I can call him if I have any more problems. So the flight's in like four hours. I think it was at like eight or nine, eight or nine at night. We fly to Bluefield. Everything's feels like it's the, the worst parts over. We get to Bluefield and, uh, when we get in the airport's closed somehow. So, the, so nothing's open in the airport. <laughs> nothing's closed in the airport. Our plane just like rolls up. We get out like bar- there's barely lights on in this place. All the doors are closed. So we're just walking through. There's not a single soul in there. We walk out to get to our bus, and there's no bus. So we walk out, no bus. So I'm calling the trainer. It's like 11 o'clock at night. He must be asleep. He's not answering. So I'm like, guys, I can't call Ben Sherrington right now to say we don't have a bus. Like, we got to figure something else out. <laughs> like, that's not going to fly. And uh, so we wait there for like 20, 30 minutes. There's no one in this airport. We can't walk outside because the door's locked. So or if we go out, like we can't get back in. And uh, so we end up, uh, we end up sitting there for like 20, 30 minutes. It's almost midnight now. And, and Ben was the only guy I knew. So I think I called him again. He's probably, so I haven't talked to him about the story or, or asked him since I've talked to him, but um, so I call him, he calls the bus, he calls the bus place and he says, yeah, they're coming. I gave him your number. Like they'll call you and let you know what's going on in the timing. So, so we're waiting for like 15, 20 more minutes. The bus guy ends up calling us. This bus was, this bus company's in Bluefield. So it's like an hour away from this airport. 
he calls us. He's going to be like another 40 minutes because he had a lead. He hasn't even left Bluefield yet to come pick us up. So we have to sit there for 45 minutes. He finally shows up. It's like, I think it's like 1 a.m. now. Picks us up. We're all on the bus. Long story short, the, the bus door wouldn't close. Like our luggage, our luggage door wouldn't close. We had to get out. A taxi had to help us like close the door. This is just a complete shit show. We get on the bus. This is about 1.30, I remember. And the bus driver comes on and asks us where we're going, like what the address is to our field. <laughs> and, and we don't we don't know. I'm like, we're like, dude, we don't know. We haven't been there. We don't know what the field. So I'm calling my trainer trying to figure out. We just go online like through Google. I mean, this is the Appy League. It's not like you can type in like Toronto Blue Jays and the stadium shows up. Like you can't find addresses anywhere. Finally get the address. We roll into this place at like 1.30. The trainer's asleep. And we just roll into this big like parking lot. This field is so hard to find. Can't find the field. Can't find the locker room. Trainer shows up like 30 minutes later. It's like 2.30 in the morning. We finally get to our dorms. They let us in. Like The dorms weren't ready for us. Like Some people didn't have mattresses. We had a six, we had like a seven foot five dude who didn't have a mattress and he woke up with like his feet were numb because his feet were hanging off of the off of the box ring. Like it was a mess, man. So long story short, that was our uh that was our first day as official Toronto Blue Jays. And um from there, luckily it only got better, but we were uh, we were sitting in the locker room the next day, like, man, this is gonna be a long season. This assist, assistant VP must have, I mean, just the shakes every time you call him. You must think there's just a whole <laughs> other problem going on. Yeah, I uh, I've talked to him a bunch from from that from that point until now. So we never brought up the situation. I think we both just kind of like let it go, and we're not going to talk about it again, not to bring it up. But uh, it was uh, it was funny looking back on it because at the mo- at the time, like that's the only number I had, so I didn't really think too much of it. But then the next few days, it started to hit me of who I was calling at like one a.m. The story's aging well because as as the older I get and the the more I talk to the front office and stuff, it's hilarious that. We were having combos with the vice president, but uh, at the time, that's all we knew. So it was—it's uh, a good story, though. We still talk about it. It's—it's uh, it's one of, probably the probably one of the craziest days of my life. Yeah, I would be so pissed. I'd be like, I left college my junior year for this shit. Like, I—I I, <laughs> I, I foregoed my senior year for this shit. I—I'm I, in Bluefield, West Virginia. First of all, what like what is Bluefield, West Virginia like? Because it's in the Pioneer League, like you said. Um, it's just like the trenches. I mean, not the greatest hotels in the towns you're visiting, all that kind of stuff. So what was that league like for you as a guy first year in the as a professional baseball player? It was wild, man, especially for guys like like me who went to a to a good D1 and, and they would take care of all your travel and you're staying in nice hotels everywhere and you're going to big cities and, and stuff. Then you go to Bluefield and I think there was only about like five or six stores that were open at any time throughout the day. I mean, we had like a Bob Evans, we had a Walmart, um, a place called El Patio, which was this Mexican place, which, which would give us free food, which was awesome. Um, and then we had an Applebee's that I think we ate at almost every night that we were there. Um, cause it was the only thing open after games. We don't get done until 10, like, you know, so, um, it was, it was a super small town. It was kind of fun though. Cause you're just out of college with a bunch of boys and it's literally just you guys in the town. Um, just hanging out and playing some ball. So looking back on it, it was a lot of fun. But when you're in the when you're in the moment and, and there's four or five things that are open and that's about it, you're like, what am I doing here? Yeah, it's true, man. You you'll ne- you'll visit towns in the minors that you'll never even think that you visit in your in your in your life. And one of those towns you visited, like I said, you're the king of Lansing. What was Lansing like? Because it's close to me. I think it's like three and a half, four hours from me. So I've been to a couple games there. 
Uh, I won't say what the blood alcohol level was at when I was at those games, but what what was what was it like playing in Lansing, man? Because that's a beautiful stadium, beautiful field. So that must have been a very cool experience for you. Yeah, Lansing's awesome. That's probably one of the better. It's probably one of the better minor league cities to be at. Honestly, I mean, you have Michigan State right there, so um, there's a lot of people your age hanging out, and um, you can go out to eat and, and stuff staying open later just because it's a younger population. So there's a, there's quite a few more places to go out and and get some get some food after the games or on, on off days. If you wanted to go hang out downtown, you could go do that and, and watch some, watch some baseball or, or football later in the year. So um, Lansing was cool though. We, they get a lot of fans up there, man. They love their baseball in Lansing and uh, the lug nuts do a great job of promoting. And I'm sure you see all their Twitter stuff and, and all their, uh, their social media, which they, which they keep up with too. So it's actually a great spot. And, and like you said, their field was awesome. I mean, when we showed up there, we were, we were in awe of how cool it was. They had the new hotel in the center. So um, that's probably one of my favorite fields still still to this day um, to play at. Yeah, and, and they had, when I went, it was like dollar beer night or something like that. And oh, I was yeah. underage. I was underage using a fake ID. Sorry, police. But it's over <laughs> now that the deed has been done. Um, so do you? how crazy would it get there on dollar beer night? Like, could you notice the fans were just mangled? Dude, so beer nights are funny. Actually, the the Florida Fire Frogs have the best one. I think it's, I think it's a dollar beer night until we score. So like until the visiting team, so until until the visiting team scores, you get a dollar beer. So like there was a few games. I mean, we we were for the fans, obviously. I think both games we had, we went into the eighth or the ninth without scoring a run. But. But dude, it's hilarious because there's a few times where someone would hit a double and the, the the fans would just all bolt to get their beer. Like there'd be nobody in the stands when we get runners in scoring position. So the Firefox was awesome. My parents were actually down for a game one night. And I mean, in the minors, like you either know the promotion or you don't, you know, you just show up and whatever. So they didn't know what was going on. But then they figure it out and they're like, yeah, every time someone got on base, everyone would just book it to the to the beer stand to try to get their last one in. Um and it would also just make the fans get into it because obviously everyone's there to drink and have fun. So they didn't want you to score and, and, and fans were getting wild. But in Lansing, in Lansing, the wildest nights, they had they had like sorority nights for Michigan State. And so Ooh. I think they were called Greek nights, actually. Yeah, Greek nights. So so all the all the college kids would come and they'd have like dollar two dollar beers and, and dogs. And um, we would just get like four or five or six whole fraternities and sororities come through and, and hang out. And those games got crazy. Those were those were a lot of fun, just because because you know young guys just just mess around and, and get in your ear a little bit. And I don't think they knew who the home team was after a few innings, so it was just like equal. <laughs> it was just like equal heck, heckling the whole time, which uh, which was fun for us. And honestly, man, guys on the team, like guys on Lansing during those sorority nights, must have just cleaned up. Their DMs <laughs> must have just been incredible. I'd pay to see some of those guys' DMs, like especially Bo. Like, picture this: you're an MSU girl, you're at a sorority, and you see a handsome, striking lad at shortstop. Future guest of the show, we'll call him because we're gonna get him on here sooner or later. Hopefully, I've been working my tail off to get this guy, but that's besides the there fact. You see, you see Boba Shed at shortstop. You're a you're a pretty good looking MSU sorority girl. You're thinking you're gonna snatch this guy up. So his DMs must have just been. I don't even want to know. I honestly don't. I mean, maybe I'll ask him. I don't know, but I, I would pay to see that. Did you, did you? Would you like? Like, obviously not you. You're wifed up. You're married. Congratulations on that, first of all. But besides the fact <laughs> on that, 
Could, would you hear stories of guys in the team? You know, the single guys out. But would you hear stories of guys in the team like after these games, just their DMs just flooded, or just they have a shit ton of followers or anything? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna mention names just for no, just yeah, no names. We won't sewer anyone. There with these stories. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've seen, I've seen firsthand balls getting tossed in the stands with numbers on them. Um, DMs after those games were, were kind of, were kind of crazy. I mean, I mean, guys definitely, guys definitely pulled through though. They took advantage for sure. Um, and it was, it was, it was cool to kind of see those nights and, and how they unwinded. And then, I mean, I, I, I obviously went to Dunedin, but I heard later in the year, it got a little awkward with 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 who was showing up when to those games and, and, and people having multiple people leaving multiple tickets and stuff. I heard it was getting crazy, but no, I think I think everyone I think everyone had a lot of fun at those games and uh it was it was just fun to have kind of a different atmosphere for once. I love that. That is absolutely electric. I don't care what anyone says. I think that's hilarious. Like Bobachet's at shortstop and he has six different seats arranged for, for six so they don't collide with each other. I feel like the, the the guy at the front, the ticket vendor at the front, just has six tickets for Bo Bichette, and he asked that Bo Bichette has to tell the guy at the front, like, listen, this ticket's for her, this ticket's for her, and they're just arranging it. He, him and the ticket vendor have it going. That's electric. That is I'm electric. I don't even know if it was him, but I could just... I'm more talking about people play with when I was there, personally, um, but I don't know how they I don't know how they did it, because when you leave tickets, you just kind of leave a number and, and names on them, and you don't really know where they're going to sit. So I don't know how... I don't know how the guys that I'm thinking of did it. I never really asked them. That was a good point that you brought up. I'm going to have to get clarity on that at some point. <laughs> Dude, this is what I like. And I'll say this again. This is what we're doing on this podcast, man. This is the side. This is their funny stories, man, that no one hears about because baseball's like they, they just try to keep it so boring, man. That's what we're doing here with this podcast. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's not. It's like we're not singling out people's names. It's just a funny story of. Of, of like the sorority, the sorority nights of guys just DMs being flooded. It'd probably be the same if we, if like, uh, if guys went to a, let's just say, an MSU soccer game. I'm guarantee you the MSU soccer girls DMs are flooded with guys. So it's the same thing, man. It's hilarious. It's honestly the funniest thing ever. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, the in the minor leagues, it's just, it's just heightened because you have nothing else going on anyway, and you have 20 year old kids out there that are professional athletes and and don't know what, don't know what to do with themselves every day. So uh. You get you get some crazy stories, whether it's at the field or just just doing some stupid stuff after games or on off days. Like it's 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 definitely fun. I mean, if you have a friend that's in the minor leagues, I would suggest that you hang around them as much as possible. <laughs> exactly, and you got that blue check mark besides the Instagram name, man. You're living lavish. The DMs <laughs> look a little bit cooler when you got that blue check mark. I want to talk you say about because there's a lot of dudes in the minors that don't have it and they're trying to get it. I mean, there's there's guys that that I know that didn't have it for a little while and they always it's always brought up like every day and they're just like man I'm just waiting for that blue check mark like it's some like it's some crazy thing and then when you get it you're like damn my life has not changed like it's not it's not not any better I mentioned the wedding I mentioned you getting married I bring this question up to a lot of guys that have been in the system for a couple years who are you the closest with on the blue jay so here's a scenario for you you're you're getting married you need three guys to be in your wedding party from the Toronto Blue Jays. Who would they be? Some guys are going to get butthurt with this question. Some guys are going to be like, wow, that's that's insane that I wasn't on Kevin's list, but I hate to see it. Sorry. <laughs> three guys. I'm getting married. Well, I mean, I've I've roomed with I've roomed with Colin Large and Zach Logue every year so far. So I mean, those two dudes, those two dudes are definitely going to be in there. If they're not, they're not going to ruin me and I'm not going to have roommates, so I'm going to have to put them in there. 
Um, the third guy, I mean, same with Patrick Murphy. I would, I'm, I'm probably picking him. I'm probably picking those three. I know Patrick Murphy's going to bring the fire to the, to the wedding. He's a funny dude. He likes to, he likes to have fun. So I'm going to bring him just for his terrible dance moves. And then Colin and, and Zach are just, just my boys since the beginning. So I'd have to have them in there too. And not to mention Conan. Co- you said Conan, right? I just, I, I don't want to say no, his last Cohen. name. Yeah, Colin. Colin. Cohen Large, that guy's a dog on the baseball field. I just want to put that on the record, also. But yeah, dude, he, he he's only played like maybe a full season, and he's already in Double A. I mean, he's been hurt, but he just we always tell him he's the quickest. He's the quickest mover in any org in the history of baseball. Have you actually had like a wedding, or is like a wedding planned in the future? <laughs> no, no, I'm not married yet. I just have a girlfriend out here. She's living with me in uh, in Arizona, but um, that hasn't happened yet. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm, and if it does, I, I honestly, I just kind of sewered you through you under the bus there. You hate to see it, and uh, I just, I can't yeah, believe she's in the building she's too. Like, so, uh, so now, now you really put me under the bus right here. No, it's all good. And listen, listen here. I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta, you always gotta think that it's gonna be the one. You're gonna, you're gonna marry her. So there it is, right there. So technically, you, 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 you could check that bark off, check that bo- <laughs> box off on the thing because now she's like, you know what? He sees a future with me. So. I mean, she she got a cool one here. She got a good one. So she got like a future big leaguer. So good for her at the end of the day. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. She's playing me. She's playing me more than I'm playing her. That's for sure. <laughs> and you mentioned actually she, she works in the hospital. Is she, is she a doctor? Yeah, she's a doctor. She's not in the hospital. She's in an urgent care right now. But uh, I figured, you know, if I, if, if this thing doesn't go how I'm planning to go, I got a little backup plan. So I figured, I figured a doctor was a good way to go. And and I just want to say thank you for your service to her. Shout out to her for all she's doing. And like I said, she is the doctor of this podcast now. She's yeah, the officially yeah. unofficial she's doctor. So yeah, what we're gonna need, do? Like, a coronavirus maybe. edition or something. You know, we can get her on. And then we, this is what we might do here: is every time there's like an injury going on in the major leagues, we're, and she'll be the source. She'll be the source for all the injury updates. You'll be able to you'll be able to get some breaking news, and uh, and be. Beat John Heyman or, or or whoever's whoever's throwing it out there. We'll get it on the the officially unofficial oh. podcast first. There, John Heyman. I'm putting you in my back pocket, buddy. You better watch where you're turning <laughs> because there's a little kid. There's a guy that's a, around five foot ten and a half, one eighty five, coming for that ass. And he, has, <laughs> you better be on your tip top shape here, John Heyman, because I'm coming for that ass. And this is this is the last question that I wanted to bring up here. Actually, no, we have, we have two more questions. I'm having a, just a stellar time. This might be some of the most funnest time I've ever had on this podcast. Um, there we go. He, there, yeah, there, there it is. And you, you're a big golfer. I creeped your Twitter. Oh man, uh, love um, and, and when you come to Toronto, when you come to Toronto, when you get that call up on an off day, I'm gonna bring you to a nice golf course here in Toronto. Show you around. Show you around the parts here in Toronto, Canada. Get you going a little bit. Maybe Molson Canadians on me because it's an off day, so you can drink. All right, Ross Atkins, he's gonna be drinking on an off. Just me showing you how good of a guy, how good of a friend I am. I'll even, I'll take you there. Maybe on me. You know, it's like I said, I, I'll, I'll cover the, I'll cover the bill. We'll have me, you, Nate. We'll figure out who's coming, but we'll we'll uh, we'll figure it out from there for sure. Cactus Club on me. Only one drink each, though. One drink each. That's all. That's all I can afford. <laughs> yeah, one drink each. We'll uh we'll have to set up some some wagers on the golf course. I think Nate plays. I know actually. Yeah, Nate does play. So I'll uh, I'll bring him along as as kind of the person that I'll I'll be, and then you can just bring somebody that you'll be, and then we'll. We'll make sure that we uh, we set up some wagers and we'll get we'll get free dinner anyway, so it'll be on Nate. Easy money, e- easy money, right there for sure. And how like how what was your goals for this year specifically? Like, did it, in the back of your head were you like because 
Buffalo is definitely a good place to start for this year, man. I mean, you're so close to the big leagues. You're close to like if you have a couple good, put up a couple good numbers here, you're gonna be in the big league soon. So, what was a couple goals that you had going into this year? And I guess the year is still probably gonna happen, but what's a goal that you had going into it? I think it was mainly just to to stay focused and and stay committed to what I was working on the off season and, and to stay as consistent as I could and and just know that if I play my game and and play how I know I can play, then good things will happen and it doesn't really matter where I start off or, or where I'm playing. Um, if you play well, you get moved up, man. If, if they think that you can help the big league team win some games, you're going to be up there. So I think it's just focusing on that and, and focus on yourself and what you can do to help your team and play as well as you can. And then hopefully you, you get a shot to get up there and help some dudes win. And hopefully we have a really, really good season. Oh, for sure. That's a, that's a great answer. My, my goal this year is to see how many Jays games I can go to and not remember. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get you out of the five home <laughs> section. You know? We gotta we gotta get you down there. And what is it, the one hundreds? I don't even know. I don't even know what it's called. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get you down there where you can see the ball. How about that? <laughs> no, this is the cool thing. Here, this is the cool thing. This is the kind of thing. Like I said, we're growing as the Jays grow. Like I said, right? This podcast started out young, just like the Jays. We're a young team right now. But sooner and later, this podcast it, it's starting to blow up, starting to get bigger, just like the Blue Jays are. And like I said, when you guys are winning World Series, having parades, you know who's going to be there on the bus right beside Kevin Smith and Trent Thornton and <laughs> Nate Pearson and Thomas Pino and me. I'm going to be popping bottles with you guys. Fans are going to be throwing beers. I'll be catching them, drinking them for you guys so you can keep your athletic bodies. That's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> Once that parade happens, Kevin, I, me and your girlfriend, maybe your family, maybe your family, I don't know, are going to be the plus one going on the, on the, on the parade bus. That's, that's what gotta, I'm thinking here. That's what's that. did, you, did you see how much fun they're having in uh... – in Kansas City this year with Mahomes and, and Kelsey and them, that's what that's what we need to get happen. Oh, uh, you could sign me up for that. You could <laughs> sign. And if you're a fan listening to this and you see me on the on the parade float with Kevin Smith, just throw me up a white claw, maybe a Michael Obaltra. Got to keep this slim figure, and I'll crank it, maybe skull crush it, just for <laughs> just for the grand, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that sounds good. We got to. Uh, it's a good. It's a good time to hop on the Jays though. Like any. Any young, uh, any young company as well as podcasts, like it's a good time because you got a lot of young guys that are going to be making, making big steps in the next few years, and then it's going to be uh, you're going to you're going to find yourself on some party boats. That's what's going to happen. No, it's like I said, we're and I wanted to bring this up. Can we classify this and put this into the pedestal? Put maybe put this on my Twitter bio. Can we put this on the record that this is the the best podcast that you've ever been on? I just want to start that narrative here. I want to get a little bit of a itinerary maybe a reference page if this is the best podcast people have ever been on oh yeah i i think so i think so for sure i think it's been i think it's been pretty electric i think you're gonna get some good reviews out of it for sure um and i'll yeah we've been it, we've been saying so we've been we've been telling some stories and saying some stuff that hasn't been said too so so it's some new it's some new content for sure and I said this last week. I mean, I'm not going to ask you what your spin rate is on your fastball. I'm not going to ask you uh, how you create launch angle. I don't care, and nor do the fans care at all. No, they no don't care cares. about that. They, they want to hear the funny stories about MSU sorority girls going to Lansing Lugnuts games and wheeling <laughs> the guys. They want to hear that stuff. So that's what we're doing here in this podcast. And either, like I said, hop on the boat right now before we leave, or you're never hopping on those bandwagon jumpers on the official and official podcast. You got to be here still till the start. And Kevin Smith is a guy that's been here since the start. And this is the last question I wanted to bring up because I did research on you. And this is something I got a bone to pick with you here. You don't like chocolate, but like chocolate chip cookies. And I want to make understand how that even makes the slightest bit sense. How you like chocolate, but not chocolate chip cookies. 
Dude, that's impressive that you got that little nugget. That's that's good, man. That's Genius. some good stuff right there. Juco brain, baby. Let's go. That's the good stuff right there. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like chocolate, man. I don't know. All right, so so we gotta settle this right now though. I don't like like artificial chocolate, as in like chocolate ice cream or a chocolate shake. Um like that stuff I don't like. I like I'll eat like a Snickers or a Twix or an M or like an M and M. Like I'll eat that stuff. But I've never been like a big sweets guy. Like I I won't crave that. The only thing I will crave is chocolate chip cookie. Like you said, I think there's just a good a good cookie to chocolate ratio that isn't isn't just overwhelming. Like you can eat them like I can eat a whole box of chocolate chip cookies and not feel like I'm on a sugar high, you know? Whereas if I had to eat like a whole chocolate chocolate candy bar, then then I'm feeling weird. So I mean, chocolate chip cookies I can eat forever, but like chocolate ice cream or, or chocolate cake, stuff like that, I, I leave that stuff alone. I can't do that. I respect that. And like I said, I, I, I was giving you a platform here to, to talk about yourself, like to explain yourself, because that's just an outstanding take. Yeah, I think we need it. I think we need out of the or something. I need, I need to know, because when people ask me about this, they're not, they're not expecting that answer. And when I tell people that, they say it makes sense. But no one really understands it when I say it at first. So I need a poll of kind of, of kind of if anyone else feels that way too, or if if it's something that other people thought about but never really actually said out loud. Because I know a lot of people who don't like chocolate but do eat chocolate chip cookies, and I think it just applies to more people than than they'll take credit for. No, and this this is what we're gonna do here. I'm gonna clip all that you just said, you explaining yourself, and you're gonna post it. And you're going to say, do you guys agree with me? We're going to start a poll here. We're going to get the people going here. We're going to fire up the fans because there's nothing else they can be talking about. There's got to be. There's got to be other people out there that are, that are with me on that. And I think, I think it's a respectable take. I don't think it's too far out there to see because you can, you can taste it. Like you can taste the, the artificial chocolate flavor versus a chocolate chip flavor. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference of flavors there. It's not, it's not too crazy. And there it is. I mean, the, this, this is, like I said, one of the – this is this podcast is longer than it usually is, but it had to be. This guy, Kevin Smith, is a damn electric factory. He's the people's champ of this podcast. I mean, people are going to listen to this, and you're going to see a huge spike in Kevin Smith jersey sales for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's going to be – it's going to be – hopefully that check comes in for you. I think you're going to be seeing it. I think – I think it's I think it's at zero right now. So if we get one or two, it'll just that's a great year. It went up what a thousand percent. That's pretty oh, good. For sure. Even if there's only one, even if we only have one so far, and we get another one, that's a hundred percent increase in the year. I'll take it. No, and you know what? I'm gonna buy one. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm there gonna give go. in here. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna make because I'm gonna I'm probably gonna make a podcast room or something like that when this thing sent, gets sent to the moon, and we're gonna have jerseys <laughs> of favorite guests on the wall. Kevin Smith, they're gonna be right there, front and center, right beside and out right under a Maryland Terrapins. Is that how you say it? Mar- Terrapins? Yeah, Terps. Yeah, the Terps. Maryland Terps hoodie is gonna be either on me or beside me, and then you have the Kevin Smith jersey hanging from the rafters. Just I'm I'm just hoping electric. this thing blow I'm hoping this thing blows up where I walk into the room and I'm just not I'm just not on the wall. There's just not enough room for me anymore. That's what that's I'm hoping that that happens to your podcast. See, like I said, you're you're you just it's not it's not about you. It's about other people. That's why I respect you on this podcast. And like and <laughs> we could have a pretty fair share amount of jerseys on the wall. But I gave you my sense of approval here. If that even makes sense, that your jersey will be on this wall. I could have <laughs> Mike Trout and he's going to be right beside Kevin Smith. He's not going front and center. It's going to be Kevin there Smith in go. the middle of the wall. That might I don't think that can happen anywhere else except on on the officially unofficial podcast. So. So there it is. If anything, if anything, that's what you're doing. You're you're breaking barriers out here. And there you have it, folks. He's the creator 
of the Kevin Smith play at home. Search it on a dictionary somewhere. It's going to be up. He's future Toronto Blue Jay, former Maryland Tarp, my friend, maybe in the maybe close to a guy at my wedding party when I get married in 10 years. We'll see. He is a close friend of mine. Kevin Smith, man, one of the most electric episodes we've ever had, the most funniest. I really appreciate you doing this, bro. It means a lot. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I know it took I know it took a few days for us to uh, to figure out how to date that word, but I'm happy that I did. I hope we uh, we can set some up in the future. I'll, I'll hit up my guys at Maryland and see what we can do. But uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Official Unofficial Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Yeah.